we're at a time now which is, is a transition. All these people feeling for the first time, oh, we can win. Let's focus on what, what we can do here and now to change things. And I think one of the reasons why people love community energy is because it helps build community, it builds connection. You know where your electrons are coming from, you know the story of them. You're listening to Voices of Community Energy, a podcast about a bottom-up transition to a new energy system. About how people power can lead to locally owned renewable power. About people who are taking the power back and generating their own energy. I'm Tom Knockholds. And I'm Bean Crane. And we'll be your guides through this first series of stories about community energy. Thank you for joining us again. This week we're in Vancouver, but we're joined by Simon Wheeler, who's telling us the story from Salt Spring Island. He travelled across to the city from his beautiful part of the world to tell us a little bit about what's been happening on this progressive coastal community. Remember, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes or TuneIn Radio. Please let us know if you'd like us to publish our feed on any other podcast service. Email us at email us at vocepodcast at gmail.com and make sure you tell your friends about us. We sat down with Simon in downtown Vancouver among the hustle and bustle of the city. Tom, it's very nice to meet you as well. Uh, My name's Simon Wheeler. Um, I'm with the Salt Spring Island Community Energy Group but at the moment we're sitting here in the middle of Vancouver just uh, at the busiest crossroads in the city about and which you can hear the background noise and uh, uh, I'm, my passion is solar energy and uh, community energy as well but uh, it's, and it's on Salt Spring Island that I work with the community energy group on solar energy. Great, I really want to hear more about what's happening on Salt Spring Island but first can you, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, how did you get into this space? Uh, so, well, you appreciate Tom. I, I know the listeners can't see it, but I'm getting on in years. I'm just over 70 now, so you don't, um, look, you don't look at don't look a day over 50. <laughs> well, that's you flatter me, but um, yeah. So I, I was an airline pilot for about 35 years, and uh, certainly latterly, when I was flying around the world, I could see that the world was changing, particularly when you fly over areas like the Himalayas and places like that. Um, you see the glaciers retreating. And uh, I had to uh, retire at uh, 55 years old. Uh, it was part. Of, it was contractually, and we had to stop flying. So then I went and did a, a master's degree in uh, renewable energy and the environment, and that was in England, where I was living at the time. And that was at the University of Reading. Fantastic course, and I sort of majored, if you like, in solar energy there. Yeah. Great. And so you found yourself. Here on the west coast of Canada, how's how's that how's that come to pass? Uh, well, that was uh, that's that was sort of social reasons, really. We yeah. uh, our daughter's here, okay. and uh, yeah. she's had a couple of kids, which are our grandchildren, yep. and uh, we wanted to be really with her. Um, there's an old saying in England: never never follow your your children. Um, because the children tend to move on, but in this case, it's actually worked out very well for us. For yeah, and so you're living on Salt Spring Island, more or less. Uh, I live half the time on Salt Spring Island, live half the time in Vancouver, because uh, like this afternoon, I've got to go and collect the grandkids from uh, school and things like that. Oh, so, lucky you. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a great sort of balance. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> certainly for the 
community energy side of it, it's uh, my, my, my time is spent on Salt Spring. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me about Salt Spring. I'm really disappointed I'm not going to make it out there. I understand it's a, it's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, it's a great shame you're not going to get there. It's, a, it's an island which is part of the Gulf Islands group and it's about uh, 25 miles off the coast of uh, Vancouver, uh, served by ferries and, and float planes. It's a community of 10,000 people permanently and that swells to 30,000 in the summer when we get a huge influx of tourists. Um, but the community there is very environmentally orientated and the recent elections, provincial elections we had um, in British Columbia, uh, they voted a Green Member of Parliament in for the first time, Adam Olson, um, who is also has First Nations roots as well. Okay. Um, so, which is an interesting combination. And uh, I'm hopeful that he, uh, with the green credentials, will be able to progress uh, community energy in that area. Okay, great. So, um, the uh, Salt Spring Island uh, Community Energy Association. T tell me, wh where did that idea come from? Or where, where, how, how did that? Well, how did it? that come to be? Okay. What? Well, uh, yeah. Good question. It was. Uh, there were a couple of guys on, on Salt Spring, uh, Shell Lim and David Denning. Uh, it's a shame you're not going to meet them because they're both uh, uh, very environmentally driven. Um, had this idea for starting up uh, a community energy group and with the idea of putting solar panels on particularly one project they had in mind, putting solar panels on our, our school roof. Mm -hmm. We have a big school there that serves the whole of the Gulf Islands, yeah. and uh, and that project was uh, an extremely interesting project. It was the first large-scale solar project on the island. Um, do you want me to tell you more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that was it. Was there's a large school gym which actually has a, a south-facing roof, so it's ideally situated from the solar point of view. And uh, we figured that we had to get about between eighty and a hundred thousand dollars together for this project, and we gave ourselves a timeline of two years to get it together. And we went out to the community, explained to them what we were going to do. And uh, long story short, within six months we had the money, and it all came from the community. Uh, so it didn't cost the school anything, um, and there were tax advantages going through the school system for us uh, there are no subsidies in British Columbia or anything like that for solar so no feed-in tariff no no rebates or anything no no the local uh, local utility um, uh, does have a net metering tariff so so basically if you use it up in your house or in the school then it's knocked off your bill but that's mm. that's all but there's no sweeteners or anything like that so it really is a, a, a basic cost thing Anyway, we had we got the money together, and uh, in November of 2014, we started putting the panels up. I'm not sure whether you can see. There's a Telus building round the corner there that has panels on the roof, yeah. which are semi-transparent, and, and uh, they're Trina panels, and those, oh, yeah. those are the panels we used. Uh, we were very lucky to get them. We hadn't actually ordered the semi-transparent ones, but that's what arrived, so we used them. Uh, dual glass panels and uh, uh, it was a 21 kilowatts went on the roof and started generating I think we switched on in December which is not a great time to switch on but uh, since then it's uh, generated 
And the, the big thing about it was that the school bought into was that the money that they saved from the electricity went into a scholarship for one of the students. So it was a sort of circular thing. It was feeding back into the community. Magic. And uh, it was the first year, first full year of generation, we uh, were able to put over $2,500 into the community for, or into, a, in, into the student community. And uh, the idea was that the student would go be going into some environmental sort of work um, or environmental further education, in fact. So it was sort of, it was, uh, I think it's, it's just a nice model of sort of the money came from the community and the money is going back into the community and, and the school were very helpful over it. Yeah. So the money that came from the community, what was that donated or was it was it yes. investments? It was just, no, just no. donated. It was all donated. So, yeah. so it's not really strictly a community sort of energy return project. It, it's just strict donations. And as I say, there, are, there was a tax benefit because it went through the school, yep. uh, which is a, about the only way we managed to get any sort of advantage from it. Yep. Um, yeah, but uh, it was, we had one major donor who uh, put up, I think, uh, $16,000, so long as we matched those funds and we had a time limit. And it, gave, it certainly concentrated our minds to get that time limit to, put in there and, and uh, but we did it I mean it was just incredible how the money came in it sounds like it happened quicker than you quicker than you thought it was going to happen yep. yeah at least a year quicker and uh, it was just it's quite mind-blowing actually how how the money came in I, I went into the library one day and I just I happened to mention to the librarian and that it was, we were doing this project and could we put up a poster about it and she gave me a check for a hundred dollars there and then you wow know, that's you know, great just, <laughs> there was that sort of buy-in. Everybody just chipped in. Yeah, it's great. So, um, how Im- how important to you was it to have community buy-in? I mean, obviously that's where the money's coming from. Yeah. But um, you're 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 obviously trying to not just install solar panels. No. You want to have more of an impact. Yes, that's right. And 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 the great thing about it was it was uh, um, an educational process as well, not just for us in sort of trying to get it together but for the community to seeing what solars uh, can do and uh, since the project in fact the people have wanted uh, um, bulk, bulk buy and people have want people yes people have wanted bulk buy um, sort of projects and they want to put solar on their roofs uh, it's certainly given employment on the island to uh, at least um, two installers who are sort of concentrated in that way mm-hmm. and uh, there is actually a great demand for more work but at the moment we're a bit stymied with the um, as I explained to you earlier Tom we have a, 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 our, our utility is virtually run by the government although it's nominally a private organization mm-hmm. and uh, most of the electricity in British Columbia is comes from the dams we have a lot of dams here hydroelectricity so they already consider that as green electricity which I guess it is and uh, um, they're financially a bit strapped as a corporation so they're not uh, trying they're not being very helpful at the moment in fact just recently they cut the commercial rate uh, for uh, um, for the yeah for the well for the it's it's a very they have a very complicated rate structure and, and yeah, yeah. they they've cut it by fifty percent so 
um, that undermines the economics yeah. of, of, of your projects. That's absolutely of a commercial project. Yeah. Uh, but there was a great demand. In fact, on the island, they wanted community uh, a community solar garden, and they wanted a couple of other projects. But financially, it really makes very difficult um, sense. It makes makes it very difficult to make sense of it because uh, hydro rates, or hydro is what we call electricity, mm -hmm. uh, hydro rates are uh, low. Um, the top domestic tariff, uh, you're paying 13 cents yeah, that's very Canadian mm. uh, per kilowatt hour. So uh, it, it, the finances are very much sort of borderline. Yeah. But there is still a, a great demand for people who want it on their roofs over there. Yeah. Sure. So you've, you've done that first project. Yes. Uh, and have you done anything else since? Not a big project like that. We've done yeah. domestic projects, putting solar on people's roofs. Oh, uh, uh, tell me how that works. Well, it's just people want it. I, I don't know. Yeah, they, yeah. they want it for two reasons. Some of them want it as a, um, th the grid system is not totally reliable on the island, but uh, we only we, we do get outages from time to time, particularly in strong winds. Yeah. So they want a, a sort of a, a solar system with some sort of battery backup. Um, quite a few people have had those put in. And... Uh, other people just want solar. They just want just solar. Want solar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, want, they want to be part of the. They want to be part of a solution. They think, they, they you know that uh, if they, they'll have solar on the roof, and it, it just gives them that warm feeling that they're doing something. I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So what Let's role? So what role does the organisation, the Salt Spring Community Solar Association, play in? in a, a private household deciding they want solar. Do, do you help? Do you give them any assistance? Uh, we uh, give them advice, and we put them in. in we steer them towards the installers. Uh, we do do. We do do assessments. Uh, if you, it's a shame you haven't got time to go there because there's yeah. a huge number of trees there. Yeah. And obviously, if the trees are around a property, then it makes it very difficult uh, for the. Um, Cast a lot of shadows on the roofs yes. and things like that makes it difficult. Um, so we give them assistance with that. There is also we do have a part of the school program was an education program, and one of the guys I was referring to before, David Denning, he gets out there, goes into the school, and shows them what uh, solar can do, and he has the example of what it's doing on the roof of the school. Oh, so there's a real education thing yeah. going on and taking advantage of the fact there's solar on the roof of the school Absolutely. as an educational opportunity. Absolutely, and, and we have a real-time display in the school of what it's generating and really nice. um, so that the kids can, can see it. Yeah. yeah. So I understand there was an event in Salt Spring around community energy. Was there a little conference or something uh, we've like had, that? Yeah, yeah, Tom, we had two conferences, which... Uh, two, okay. Yeah, one, one at the time of the project, or just at the very end of the proje project, and we called it Flick the Switch when we nominally turned the uh, system on and we had our local local MP, that's the uh, federal MP, you know, the, the countrywide MP, who's yeah. a green MP, uh, Elizabeth May. She came along and... Um, and that was very well attended. We had probably about a hundred people, and then so we thought we'd try and repeat that the next year. But we didn't expect to get so many people along. We thought it'd be sort of fifty or sixty who are interested in solar, and we had to close the doors at two hundred. Mm. Uh, just uh, was people were coming from we called it off island when they 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 come from other other parts of the islands or, or from the mainland or from uh, Vancouver Island. Uh, we we were just swamped almost and huge amount of interest in it yeah and it was a very successful conference 
Yeah. Yeah, and that sounds like a common theme because we were with uh, Joanna Zielsel from from oh, yeah. uh, Sunshine Coast. And, and she was and, at that and, conference. And, and, and she, well, she was at that conference, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. And she also mentioned that they held their public event and they had to close the doors because of really? fire regulations. You got to 200 people and they're yeah. like, can't let any more people in. I didn't know that. You need to All find right. bigger venues for these events. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, I gave yeah. a. As an aside, I gave a talk. We, we do a series of library talks as well. Um, we've got a new library on, on the island, and uh, uh, the, our idea is we do we, one. One of the talks was on solar energy, and I gave that, and we expected twenty or thirty people. And again, we had to close the doors at sixty because that was the fire regulations, and mm. people were hammering on the doors to get in. And so we've got to repeat that, which is uh, it was quite gratifying, really, and it was. Uh, so we're going to repeat that that in September. Great. So it sounds like there's a lot of demand for this stuff. What what does the future hold? Well, where do you think you're going next? Well, it's a difficult problem. One one we have uh, the we have um, the problem with the uh, utility company. They do have a section where for which is called net metering, the net metering section, who do facilitate the connections. Um, into the grid system and they are very very helpful I should say they it's a small group I think it's two or three people the, the woman who runs it is just committed to solar herself um, so they, they are fantastic but uh, they're overwhelmed at the moment if you put in a, a request it can be up to a month before it uh, before you get your permit purely because they, they're just overwhelmed with the quantity of people mm-hmm. um, so it's, but those are small projects probably on, on, on domestic projects yeah. Uh, commercially, as I said, it's very difficult because of the f- the the way the uh, the tariffs are organised, and uh, I w- again, with a, a little bit of a, a change in the government recently, we're we're still waiting the final results. Um, I think they're due in about a week's time, but hopefully we'll get a more green and more energy conscious environment instead of uh, pushing for fossil fuels and, uh, and pipelines coming through the country but, but that's to be seen what happens really indeed yeah indeed. and as regards the community energy group itself it's um, trying to find a path forward through the uh, through this quagmire if you like of uh, different regulations and uh, lack of incentives um, low energy costs and low energy costs. Yeah, yeah very much so. And uh, um, for instance, I uh, just give you a for instance. As a, the only people who are allowed to sell electricity in in the, in the province are the utility. So if I, I, I can't. I, I could, if I had a good solar area or a solar garden, um, I can't sell the electricity produced there to someone else. And uh, because that's just not allowed and we're looking at ways constructive ways that we might achieve some sort of uh, similar way of doing it I don't know whether that will be through uh, blockchain or bitcoin or something like that Um, but we're actually looking at that now Um, my concern is that regulators around the world you know whatever whatever space they're regulating they, they tend to want to draw everything in under their regulations yeah and so that there, there tends to be this principle of uh if it if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck then it is a duck so you'll go oh we're not selling electricity we're selling credits or something They'll, there's a chance the regulators may look at that and go yes but you are selling electricity in effect 
yeah. and so suddenly they'll stamp their their rules on you and, and you know, back to square run. Well, that's a very good point, yeah. Tom. I, I think that's exactly what would happen here. Um, yeah, that there are, there are a small in British Columbia, which is um, quite a big area on the west coast here, the sort of the state, if you like. There are a couple of small utilities who've gone down that route, and they have the authority. Uh, uh, to be able to do that sort of thing and uh, they, they've actually had great success as a community called Nelson which is in, in the sort of the central part of the country and, and, uh, and they've actually developed their own solar garden. The, the utility itself was keen enough to do it. Okay, that's good. Um, but uh, community energy wise um, diffi difficult at the moment but we're trying to find the ways through to, to make it easier uh, and, and one of the one of the problems as I as we talked about earlier, is is the problem of the utilities suddenly realizing that they're going to lose control if it's distributed energy, um, then they actually lose control of the whole thing, um, or and it, they've got to move forward to be able to sort of achieve a, a consensus control system, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, there is uh, in in the United Kingdom, um, there's a, a, a couple of areas. Um, to the north of Scotland, there's one of the islands in the north of Scotland. It's a very good example where the utility actually bought into the whole system and decided, yes, they were going to make it work, and uh, and they have done, but uh, in, in, with a loose sort of control. I think they have 700 generators, small generators on this particular island, and a battery backup system, and they are a net producer of electricity now over the year. Mm -hmm. and they, they feed, and that's the Orkneys. I don't know, have you heard the system of the system? Yeah, yeah, yeah amazing stuff happening yeah. there and and other islands around Scotland and I think really um, the, the birth of community energy in Scotland started in the Highlands and Islands yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah just incredible how successful it's been there yes. um, and, and what I and this is perhaps somewhat relevant to you guys um, you, you are connected to the, the, the BC grid of course yeah. but, but all the same I think we've, we've seen that those stories about islands and how how much of a benefit islands can get out of taking control and and building their own energy, keeping that money in their local economy. So there's islands everywhere, not not just physical islands, but also electrical islands. And you know, oh, okay. even any remote community, you could almost describe it as being an island. And that's and, true. And the yeah. ability to, to to put in local generation, locally controlled, with benefits and jobs staying you within the local community. Um, can save you know, huge amounts of money and build build the local economy in a massive way. No, that's a very good way of looking at it. That's absolutely right. Um, I don't think the politicians have really clued into that yet. And uh, you'd think it'd be a, a, a great vote buyer as well, but uh, yeah. certainly we, the, our previous government here was, was not that way orientated. Yeah. But uh, maybe in the future, I think they all realise they've got to work together now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, the, yeah, go on. I was going, sorry, I was going to say, I, I don't know much about it, but there is a, a one of one of the other islands uh, called Askiti Island, um, which is further north in the Gulf Islands group. Yeah. Um, they've actually got a microgrid system there in the island because they're not connected to the main grid at all. Sure. Um, and they've actually designed and built for themselves a microgrid system on the island, which actually does very much what you say. Yep. And uh, I, I, I'm afraid I don't know a huge amount about it. All I know is it exists. I keep meaning to go up there and see it, but... Uh, we'll have to check it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
just to wrap things up, Simon, what's your what's your vision for the future? What are your hopes going to happen at Salt Spring Island and broader BC, um, British British Columbia, with with energy? Where, where do you hope things are going to go with your projects? Well, I think I think it'll be a combination of things. I mean, solar is not just the answer on its own. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to be. I mean, as we all know, energy efficiency is the the first for the first step in the whole system if you if you can make your system that much more efficient then you don't need so much more much energy yep. and then uh, <coughs> and then then it gradually builds up until you you're putting your wind energy your solar energy into the system we don't have much wind energy in british columbia i mean we have plenty of energy we just don't have many windmills well wind turbines mm-hmm. um, again because of the cost uh, factors um, my vision for the future is that uh, um, each each of the islands will have its own sort of uh, generating system of solar, uh, so that in the summer, um, again, it, because of where we are, it's a it's a nine month system really. Uh, the winter we really don't get enough solar to to support um, solar um, total solar supply. Mm. So it's uh, so it's it, it's a balance of the whole system, and and in future we hope that we won't need so many big dams with us a big Site C dam, have you heard of Site C? Yeah. New hydro dam. Yeah, New hydro quite controversial. dam. Very controversial. Very expensive. Very expensive hydro. Uh, very expensive electricity. Uh, they, the delivered price is going to be over ten cents a kilowatt hour um, on the financing that they've got at the moment, and they're already looking at cost overruns on it. So uh, solar can actually be cheaper than that, and if we can show that it's economically beneficial to everybody then uh, we, we're going down the path of renewables instead of fossil fuels and, and uh, very expensive hydro dams. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's probably where I'm looking for, really. Yeah. Does that Wonderful. make sense? Absolutely it does, yeah. Good. We hope you're enjoying these stories from a different part of the world. Remember, we need your support. Please tell your friends about us. Get on to iTunes and give us a review. If you don't know how to do that, just Google search um, review a podcast on iTunes. Um, And we're looking for more stories to tell. So if you've got a local story you think uh, you want to bring to the light or there's a project that you want to hear about, get in touch with us, vocepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll help you capture the interview. We'll give you tips and guides for how to do all of that. We want to bring stories from all over the world about how communities are stepping up and taking control of their own energy supplies. Thanks again for listening, and next week we're going to stay in Vancouver. We'll be going up to the wonderful bubbly community at Sunshine Coast. Thank you very much. From the Salish in the West to the Big Mark Shores. The Inuits survived its incredible paradise. I just want to see this country. And you can come along to a dance Spread the music everywhere. Take a stranger by the hand and
wanna see those buffaloes roam on the grasslands where they once called home. Stampede on the run, dust blocking the sun. I just wanna see those country once more. I just wanna see those Rockies again. See those great lakes looking just great again. The water's so pristine and the air crystal clean. I just wanna see those country once more. Then you can come along.